Hi, everyone, and welcome to a new season of I Just Don't Have Time For. I noticed you didn't use the acronym. IJDHTF, The Quest. The Quest. Yeah, so this show isn't even out yet. This is a Disney Plus show, comes out May 11th. We were able to see the panel at WonderCon. We were able to interview the producers and the creators. And this is based on a show that came out in like 2014, and they had adults kind of in this half scripted, half reality show. Like, it almost seems like a psychological experiment a little bit. I mean, kind of, like in a weird, fantastical, twisted way. Yeah. So for those of you that don't know what the show is about, I'm going to read the PR description. The synopsis? All right. Yes. So it says, For thousands of years, Everrealm has been a land of unrivaled beauty and powerful magic. Now, the realm is threatened by a powerful evil sorceress. As a last hope, the noble fates summon eight strangers known as paladins from a world beyond to work together to fulfill an ancient prophecy and vanquish the sorceress. The paladins must unlock the hero within through a series of challenges that push their limits to restore balance to Everrealm. If they fail, all will be lost. Heroes will rise. Kingdoms will fall. So this is basically a bunch of kids between the age of, what, like 12 and 16 competing in like half reality show, half scripted fantasy drama. Yeah. I mean, I want to be competing. I know if I was like a teenager, I would have wanted to be on there. And when I saw the preview, I was like, oh my gosh, my niece would like freak out to be on this show. Yeah. And it's in Napa too. Yes. You might already mention that. They did film in Napa. They were going to film near Vienna and then COVID happened, a bunch of other things happened. They talk about this in the interviews we share a little bit, but basically they had to look for a whole new place. They ended up finding um, Castello de Omarosa in Calistoga. And I think that's part of the reason we chose to recap this show because, you know, it's so close to home. I was born and raised in Napa. Andrew lived in Napa for what, five, six years? A little bit longer, but yeah. So, you know, we hold Napa near and dear. To our hearts. Yes. We'll be like, poor burned trees from the fires. Burnt trees. It'd be like, ooh, there's probably a great wine cave behind. Tarnished <laughs> wine vineyards. Um, yeah. So this was kind of cool. They brought together a lot of really great teams to make this show. They have people from like the creators of like Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. They have the co-creator of The Amazing Race. They have the producers of Lord of the Rings. So like they brought all of those elements together to create a show that I'm hoping is really cool. Or at least looks cool. I mean, it for sure looks cool. And something else that you'll hear in these interviews is them talking about the fact that they didn't use CGI. It was all practical. And I love practical effects. I mean, aren't there a few things like dragons or whatever? No, they're all practical, but they did... Um use a small amount of computer generation to enhance a few of the things for the cinema cinematic whatever so like they'll open something and they have to make it where it's actually something viable because the kids are completely unscripted like they're not going to open up something or like look at nothing and be like oh a dragon like they have to have real monsters they have to have real interaction for sure because so it is half scripted half reality but the kids are completely unscripted yeah. I can't wait to see the first episode. So let's go into the uh, 
the interviews here. Yeah. So we have three sets of interviews for you guys. First up, we have Elise Doganieri, who is the co-creator of The Amazing Race. And without further ado. I think the timing with Disney Plus streaming was the perfect time because we can reach a global audience, you know, and um, I think Disney was looking for something groundbreaking and very, very different, and we had that hybrid, the scripted versus, not versus, the scripted intertwined with reality, and um, and also because Disney has all these wonderful, fantastical films and storylines, it just felt like the first. And the time was right because Disney made their announcement, and we were one of the first shows, their biggest shows, their tentpole show that they ordered from us. So yeah, it was, it was a really big deal. So we were so excited that it's on Disney Plus. Is, is there an mixed with the script did that there was anything that happened that kind of threw off the storyline well that's the beauty of reality right so all of a sudden you have the script that you've written and we've also brought the actors um, one of the things that we did during casting was make sure that they were really good at improv so just like you're asking me a question mm -hmm. that they are able to answer it in character and know who they are as that character so you said are you married or do you have children the character would say there were some amazing moments where we were all just like, oh my god, that was amazing. It didn't change the storyline, but there might be a moment where one of the contestants, one of the kids, struggled with something or they didn't complete something. And you, know, you feel bad. You let your team down or whatever you did. So there's a moment where this one, I won't give it away by saying this, but there's two of our contestants talking and they're sad and we send in one of our, our actor asked to be sent in. I want to go talk to them because there was a bond, there was a connection, a real, a real connection. And she sat down with them and she had a full-on conversation and built this person up and took the, took the tears away and gave her a reason to think, okay, I didn't do well in this moment and you didn't do well in this, the two of them. And so, but that's not where it ends. There's so much more you can do. So keep trying, keep going. So. It was just a beautiful moment, and they were both the two of them that were being spoken to. They were like, "Okay, okay, we got this. Let's get back in there." They were like, "We got this." You know, they were like, "Lit, the fire was lit again." So there were real moments because they're real. We're real people, you know. And so we let them. They, we let them have those moments, those real moments that are really inspiring. And because we have teenagers, you really see genuine and pure teenagers at a time in their lives when they might be feeling, you know, the hormones are raging, right? So insecure or wondering about how they fit into the world and who I am and what is this all about. And, and so not only do we have a great storyline for them to interact and play in, but we see a lot of growth on their part. I'm not saying that we didn't see growth in the other series. But there's such a change in kids when they need to see who they are and become something that they don't know yet who they're becoming. So when you're young like they are, um, you let them come into this with like, I'm shy or I don't know. And then all of a sudden you see them building confidence and growing. And every episode, you know, there, there are challenges that have their mental or their strengths, not physical strengths, like some of them a little bit, but there's different challenges that will touch on each of their strengths and weaknesses. And you 
you can see them trying, you know, whether they fail or succeed, there are no eliminations. So they continue to have this experience throughout the whole series where there is growth and there is inspiration for viewers to see what's happening. And it's like, wow, I never thought that person would step forward and be the one taking charge. Because maybe in the beginning of the series, they were like the wallflower. And all of a sudden, this, this person evolves and this person blooms. And all of a sudden, they're just like, okay, I got this. We're all supportive of each other. There's no, there's no nastiness between the so once again, that was a clip from Elise Doganieri, who is the co-creator of The Amazing Race. Before we share the next interviews with you, I did want to take a quick second to talk about our sponsor for this episode, which is Athletic Greens. I absolutely love them because it's something that is usable every single day because AG1 is just incredible because it's good for your gut health. It gives you more energy. It optimizes you, your immune system. I know we've been moving and it's really hard to get in like all of the vitamins I need in the day while we're like busy and like bouncing place to place and trying to get everything done. And with AG1, I'm like, hey, I'm getting 75 high quality vitamins and minerals and whole food source superfoods and probiotics and adaptogens, like all in one easy drink. And I just like how easy it is. They come with a beautiful like metal canister and scooper, which is like, I don't know. It just felt really nice when I opened it up. I am a huge fan. It's lifestyle friendly, whether you eat like keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, and it contains less than one gram of sugar. So there's like no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, and it still tastes good, which is a huge plus. I feel like most of these like supplements I've tried in the past taste all chalky and gross. AG1 is not that. It costs you less than $3 a day. So you're investing in your health and it's cheaper than that cold brew habit you probably have. I know I... I am a sucker for coffee. Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews, and it's recommended by professional athletes. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day, and that's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packets with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash time. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash time to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. So next up, we have an interview with Michael Williams and Rob Eric, who were the guys behind Queer Eye from for the Straight Guy. Yes. Which is kind of cool to see that kind of them kind of incorporating themselves in Disney because I feel like that's kind of like I was thinking that not too. their normal like thing like they've been working on shows with like HBO and they've been working on like more of that adult like spectrum yeah so it's exciting to see them working on something like it's also exciting to see Disney accepting yes them as contributors yeah I really like that and these guys were like really cool and I'm excited for you to hear these next few clips
There's a, there's a moment where, I won't give anything away, but there's a moment where they have to turn something on, shall we say, and that sounds terrible. They have to turn on a device, and it had to happen in front of them so they could see that it goes on and be cool enough, and then we would enhance it and post, but it happened to them. So everything that you see was happening to them. All of our monsters are head to toe, every inch covered. So you never had like a monster that was just from the waist up because it was too expensive. Every monster is done every costume on the monster is every detail every single detail like down to like getting them as wet as possible before the kids would get there because we would shoot for like an hour and 20 minutes right so they've got to stay wet and look like they're a reptile and that they're you know they're sweating and, and the, god bless the actors in those costumes because <laughs> they just have to stay in the moment and the kids throw real questions at them or yell at them and it's awesome that's which, so cool. There are, are like a lot of constraints with working with children in the industry. Like you were saying, an hour and 20 minutes of filming. Was it difficult to keep those children in character and like where it would just snap back and forth? Yeah. We're all kids. Right? <laughs> yeah. I think they loved it. They couldn't wait to get out of school because uh, we were shooting during the school year and uh, lunch. They, they couldn't wait to get back in. And you saw the minute they stepped on and whether one of our actors was with them, they instantly, and I don't want to say turned it on because that's like they were acting, they instantly put the switch they're on in this world. They acted naturally, but they were in this world. It's a real life Oculus, right? Like, you take it off to go eat dinner and you put it back on again, you're right back into oh, your character. So. It wasn't a castle. It wasn't a castle. We don't have castles in there. There are no. And this is we the have white castles. Right. <laughs> but this is the one, uh, and, but they were winery. So, active winery, very popular winery. Costello de Amoroso and Calistoga, right in Napa Valley. And because of them, they shut down. And they said, we were ready to go again. They said, oh, we want to shoot in July. They're like, come, we're closed. We're completely closed. They're awesome. But then we couldn't, they just couldn't coordinate in time. So then we had to push a few months and work with them that they opened on weekends. We, we pretty much owned the place from Monday through Friday. On the weekends, we shot Saturdays, but we didn't go inside the castle where people were drinking. Uh, we were out in the woods. Drinking. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, come on. Producers are like, oh, yeah, it looks like a castle and it's a vineyard. Come on. It was wonderful. Uh, but we, we negotiated and worked with the owner. Again, and it was similar to Vienna. One guy owned no boards, no historical trusts. Literally went to the most amazing extent to get this to look real. Like he brought bricks in from Italy. Like everything was. And you went downstairs and like the indentives, like the way the ceiling was held up. It was like you're in catacombs in France or in Italy or Austria. It was amazing. Yeah. We had to deal with uh, Napa Valley, who had, up at that time was had really strong, strong COVID and events, and we just had to really. We're going to be the strictest COVID procedures ever between Disney Plus, all the unions, uh, and they gave. And I said we're going to employ a lot of people. And I think nothing to concern. One of my favorite, our caterer, came up to me one day and said, "You say it." She said, we were going under, but I had. 500 meals a day for six weeks. You save me from going on. Shame not one positive COVID test. Yeah. That's amazing. That's amazing. That's amazing. I mean, we're shooting in tiny, 
horses of the castle. Okay, last up here, we have Jane Fleming and Mark Ordesky from Court 5. They are producers of Lord of the Rings. And I had actually stumbled into a panel they were doing the day before. Oh, cool. The quest panel. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I don't know much. Like, I never watched Lord of the Rings. Like, I've seen it, but I was never, like, into Lord of the Rings. So they were showing, like, a bunch of, like, behind-the-scenes type stuff. And I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. I mean, these guys must be hardcore Lord of the Rings fans because they they produced it, right? Yeah. So, so they're, like, as engulfed in Lord of the Rings as you can possibly be. Right. So you're going to get that Lord of the Rings feel, which is really cool because that's so iconic. Yeah, like all of the, I feel like they're bringing in a lot of like the fantasy aspect of the show. Yeah, and they're also making sure the final product looks and has that feel. Like, I'm assuming this is not going to be like a cheap production. Like, it's not going to have cheap production value. You're going to see it and go like, wow. I also think that there's going to be a certain amount of tension because I know that that was important when they created Lord of the Rings. Is like there was a um, a presence of racing against the time. Yeah. You know, so I have a feeling that that's going to be very relevant in this uh, show as well. Especially since Amazing Race also has that racing against the time thing, right? Where you're like, we have to be the first ones there. We have like, right. there's it's all on a time limit. So you have all of these people that bring in that like time tension to right. like a fun show. So we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. I'm so- excited. Okay, so here are the last clips. Once again, this is Jane Fleming and Mark Ordesky. We hope that you tune in with us next week so we can recap episode one. Yeah, thanks for listening and see you next week. Oh, we would love nothing better <laughs> right. than to do a live immersive experience. And, and we have talked about it. I mean, to do something, the great thing is only with a partner like Disney could you really do it justice. But that would be... We've dreamt like, of that for a long, long time. Um, because then you could have more real people mm-hmm. to have a better experience. Uh, it is a little capital intensive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because in order to make it not... You know, not not a high-end rent fair. Like, you really want it to have yeah. something um, something that's unique. Right. Um, so, but we've thought about it a lot. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and if we get a next season, which hopefully, go watch the show. Yeah. Um, we have an idea that we want to put into the show that would be very easily ported into something that you could travel around. It would be contained. It's almost like to be like cool. a live theater, like you know, like a Tony and Tina's wedding. I'm dating myself with that reference, but, Not at all. but you know what I'm saying? Like it would have to have at least an element of that as part of the immersive, because that's what the unique and distinctive element. Otherwise, otherwise it is just, by the way, we love Brent Ferris, there's nothing wrong with them. But if you don't have that, then it's just, then it's just, oh, we're just walking into an environment, which is cool. You know, but uh, we, working with Disney, it was organic. We we put together a plan that we knew would enable us to make the show worth making, so that reputationally people would say like, "Oh, this was worth the effort," and that that equated to a number, which then Disney approved. So it wasn't like a top-down thing, like we'll let you do it. Here's how much you have. Like it was like they, they said, "Tell us what you need." to do what you, the bold thing we're asking you to do. Yeah. So you get dragons instead of tennis balls. Like right. Yeah, yeah, no, you have to, because otherwise, otherwise two things happens. A, we look silly. But B, the kids have nothing to push against. Yeah. And, and, and then the reactions seem false. And then you're watching people pretend. And 
you know, they're not professional actors. We watch people pretend all the time that they're professional. <laughs> right. Um, so it was imperative that it feel real and that they have reactions that were grounded uh, in something that, you know, if you have kids, that would look like what your kids would do. Um, and Disney was a wonderful partner. They see this as a brand new form of storytelling that they is important to their mandate. Um, and I think that you'll probably you know, let them speak about it, but I think yeah. that there's more coming yeah. from different uh, creative partners as well. So we find it really exciting. Which the pandemic changed the timeline, I'm sure, a lot from the original. So from the very first concept for the Disney Plus show to the end of editing, what was that timeline like? It was, it was weirdly, it was a, a year before the pandemic, that we had our first meeting, right? Um, we were supposed to shoot in July of 2020. So we put a pause, obviously, and then in August of 2020, they called and they said, we still want it. But you have to make it here, it's somewhere nearby. So, in, in, in this, this is good, funny inside baseball stuff. So we were supposed to shoot it uh, in December of 2020. And a wildfire tore through Calistoga and burnt part of our set. And there was a bit of like, oh, we waited through a pandemic and then this happened. And God bless Disney, they like kept sticking by us. So we, we moved it to January and then Omicron just like skyrocketed. So then we moved it to February 2020. So it was a year ago that we made it. So I guess, what is that, four years, three years, three, three, four years yeah, yeah. Well, congratulations on, I work in Unscripted, just like, the, you know, one of the kids just said this thing, let's write that into one of our scripted scenes so that the scripted characters are talking about the kids. And we kept doing that, and actually, there's several moments where we just pulled audibles, and I won't ruin it, like, but when you watch the whole thing, um, call me and I'll tell you <laughs> but there was this one moment where we uh, I could say we brought our bad guy like into the kids and we did it through technology right. that we had available and we brought it right to their doorstep and we weren't going to do that that was not part of the plan but we were like but something happened that made it yeah they were like taught it was, it was just they were sort of a little bit disconnected and we like we just put her right in there so it's fun. Are you and they were like, what is happening? And yeah, it was pretty fun. Are, are you able to talk about the storyline at all? We know these kids sure. are called, they're chosen to go on this quest. What's